is social media and digital marketing strategist, trainer, lecturer, media commentator, award-winning entrepreneur, and regular on Australia's business circuit, speaking circuit. She is responsible for starting the State of Social Conference and is the founder of hashtag SMPerp. Welcome to I'll Meet You in Lockdown, Meg Coffee. Hello. Thank you for having me. Now, let's talk about your backstory. You're Texan-born. Give us a rundown of the Meg Coffee story. Oh, it's a long one, so I'll give you the, the abridged version. Basically, yes, I did grow up in Texas. However, I've been in Australia since 2002. Um, I came over as a backpacker. So I graduated uni, went to the University of Southern California, greatest U.S. college football team in the history of college football, um, and then graduated, ironically, at a time when there were no jobs. The economy wasn't that great. The world was in a bit of a bit of a turmoil, a bit like now. A bit like now. Um, <laughs> so I said, do you know what? I'm going to go traveling. And I came to Australia and I'm the worst backpacker ever. I came to Perth and that was in 2002 and I'm still in Perth. Um, but I did do a little bit of traveling. You know, I went up the East Coast and I went up the, um, the West Coast of Australia and just fell in love. And like most backpackers, overstayed my visa. So quickly had to go to New Zealand because I knew that I wanted to stay in this part of the world and that I wanted to be involved in tourism and in travel. Mm -hmm. And so I started working for a core when I was in New Zealand. Um, and I was there for uh, three years until I stayed long enough to be allowed back into Australia and then um, transferred and I was on Magnetic Island for a little while. I don't know if you've ever been to Magnetic Island, but it is oh, off Townsville. Oh, one of the most beautiful places outside of Perth. Um, and then in 2008, I moved back to Perth because I knew that that's where my heart was. So it was sort of a long roundabout way to get here with a lot of backpacking or working with backpackers in between. Um, but I love it. And, and here I am now. That's wonderful. So how did you how did you get into the social side of things? I think that was sort of by default. So because I was a backpacker, uh, you know, I couldn't get a real job. I mean, I had every single visa that you, you imagined. Um, and so I started bartending and working and I worked my way up. I have a degree in marketing. I graduated um, with a degree in marketing and advertising. So I worked my way up and I was working for bars and restaurants and I finally got a, a company to sponsor me. And this would have been in 2007, 2008. Um, right when social media was starting and I as the marketing manager was given zero budget like there was I had to somehow market a brand new restaurant a brand new venue on zero dollars so I said to myself well what is this Facebook thing that we have here um, and I'd always been into computers I'm a super nerd I am um, I I was lucky our family had a computer back when they when you know computers were first sort of getting started. Um, and, I, and I loved playing with them. So it came naturally to me. So I started using social media to market and build the profile of the brand. Then um, I just sort of went from there. In 2012, I got a new job working for a hotel. And I had some really progressive owners. And I said, look, I think that we, there's something here in this digital world. And I think if you just let me do this, I think that we can be one of the very best in the country at social. Or I can get us a heck of a lot of promotion on almost no budget. Let me use your budget on PR 
or influencers or different things. Because in 2012, this was all different. Yeah. So to your question, how did I get started? By, by default, I was, I was a marketing manager that was given no budget and I had to be resourceful. And social media was a way, and I still believe to this day, is a way that anybody can communicate with the world um, really inexpensively. The, you know, the, the investment is the time. The investment is creating the content. Um, it, it's not necessarily that expensive to get started. So you're self-taught from that that perspective. You you sort of gave yourself your own, like, you know, sort of looked up yeah. on YouTube of how to sort of, is that how you sort of got started from that point with social? Like, did you teach yourself? Well, but yeah, I guess baptism by fire and just playing around with it in the early days and having an interest in it in myself and having profiles for myself and understanding, you know, I, I do believe that my background in traditional marketing and the fact that I had that those those learnings to fall back on the media buying, the structure of journalism and business, I think that that really helped me learn how to adapt or how to apply strategy to social media. Yeah, so you had that foundation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, but it's all self-taught. I mean, but I go to far out. I travel. I'm so sad. It's been a month since I've been on a plane. Mm. And that's the longest it's been in so yeah. long because I go to conferences. I go to, I, I'm always learning. I read everything that I possibly can to, to, to try and try and find out what's the latest and, and what's happening and um, how, how can I make this work for business. So that's my next question for you. Who do you think is doing it well, um, social media-wise, in business at the moment? Um, well, I think it's hard. I think right now, because we're, you know, had you asked me this question a month ago, I would have had completely different answers for you. Because social media and the way that we communicate has completely changed at the moment. In this time of, you know, time of COVID, um, it is, I forget that we're on a podcast and they won't see my air quotes. So for those of you listening along, if you hear sarcasm, there's there's some air quotes going on. <laughs> um, the, the, you know, the brands that are doing it well are the ones that are being honest. I mean, one of my all-time favorite brands on social, I'm not going to lie, is Aviation Jit. Have you seen them? No, 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 I don't, I okay. don't believe so. All right, so Aviation Gin is an American gin company that's part owned by the actor Ryan Reynolds. Right. You know, the really good-looking, yes. gorgeous Ryan Reynolds. Okay. So, and the marketing that, that that brand is doing is incredible. And there's a gentleman named Adrian Molina, and Adrian is the guy that actually runs the social media for Aviation Gin. And I just think the... They have nailed tone at the moment. They nail tone all the time, yeah. but especially now, you know, they know they know how to say it, and they have the ability to get content created quickly, um, and 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 to get it distributed. And and by using social media, it's not costing them much. They're not having to pay these big ad bills to get on television or in print. Mm. Um, I, I just love everything Aviation Gin is doing, and I'm not a gin drinker, so yeah. It's an interesting <laughs> Oh, that's terrific. I'll have to, we'll have to, no doubt you'll have everybody that um, is watching or, or is listening to, to this podcast. Um, they'll be all looking, they'll be looking up. You'll have to be a, um, a ambassador for them next. Um, yes. No, Esmond Tequila, that's the one that I want. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Looks like you're like a wine too there in the background. You've got your stuff oh. there in the background. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind, I don't mind a good drink or two. One of the, um, one of the, when I was the marketing manager for the hotel, 
I also had to write the wine list. And so ah. a lot of the downsides is I fell in love, it fell in love with wine and now I'm obsessed with it. And we need it at the moment, don't we, in lockdown? Um, yes, definitely. <laughs> now, what's, what makes a great Insta story in your eyes? I think the, what you just said, a story, you know, something that's going to tell me, tell me a story, something that's going to keep me engaged. I think what we need to look at is, is there's two different ways of looking at Instagram stories. There's looking at it as just that, that one singular piece of content that you put up, which might be a photo or a video or something that has one of the stickers on it. Or you might look at your Insta story as a collection of stories, you know, a few different videos, a few different things. Like, for example, um, I went to Social Media Marketing World in the U.S. in March. And then through my Instagram stories, I documented the flight home. So, like, I started a timer and I was like, all right, here we go. And it's going to take me 36 hours or whatever to get from San Diego to Perth. And I documented the whole way through in my stories. What makes that good? It's engaging. There's a hook. There's a reason for people to keep paying attention. There's a reason you're, you're, you're making it enticing for them. Okay. Otherwise, when we talk about just a singular story, what makes a good story? Well, again, it's something that's engaging. You want to get people to stop. You want to get people to, to think and listen, uh, listen to the music you've picked or um, engage with the question that you've asked or the, uh, you know, the rating scale that you can move up and down. What makes a good story? Something that makes people go, oh, and stop and engage. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I, I love I love to hear um, really good music that will hook me often if I'm if I'm yeah. looking at, at an Insta story or even um, a brand storytelling, say on LinkedIn. Um, if the if the music is is catchy, it it will grab me straight away. But as you say, if there's if there's some sort of a, a brand, I think with brand storytelling, um, when there is you know, you're waiting for that next episode. I like those sort of uh, stories yeah. too. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, that's great. Um, now let's talk followers. What is your advice to someone starting in business at the moment um, who is wanting to grow their, you know, their followers and, and what's the secret ingredient? <laughs> um, I think authenticity and giving back as much as you take. So you can't just go out there and you can't just sort of post um, here I am, look at me, look at me, and, and not engage with anyone else. Mm -hmm. If people leave you comments, you need it's, it's no different than Facebook. You need to engage with those comments. You need to reply. You need to say thank you or, you know, I appreciate you taking the time to, to leave this feedback. But it's not just that. You need to also go out and find other accounts and engage with other accounts on their photo. And it's not a case of, like, there was an account, um, there was an account here in Perth a couple of years ago, and sort of, they went out there and they just spammed everyone with their hashtag on every single photo they would just post. And they wouldn't add a comment that was useful. It was just, this is their hashtag. And their hope was that if they posted it enough, people would see that hashtag and they'd start using it. Several years later, yes, we do use that hashtag, but you never feel good about it. It's one of those, like, spammy ones if that makes sense yeah so what you want to you want to go out there and do is go out there and and leave comments you know i don't always believe in everything that gary vaynerchuk says gary v i don't know if you know him but absolutely he, you know, 
I was yeah. going to discuss him with you, actually. Okay, well, so he calls this his dollar eighty strategy, right? Yeah. So you go yeah. out there and you leave two cents, your two cents, until you've left a dollar eighty. And I think you know that's ninety comments. That's a lot, but I think find your own happy medium in there. But go out there and leave comments. You have you have to give more than you take out there to get followers. Um, yeah. I think I think then uh, do you agree with this maybe um, or, or maybe you can steer me in another direction if you're in a niche market um, in your business so say for example I have um, an over 50s travel website senior stays um, if you sort of engaged I, I find um, for, for me my platform is LinkedIn from a business point of view Facebook for senior stays uh, for a following. Instagram, I find really difficult um, with with senior stays. I don't seem to get that same, just can't get the followers. But I think, um, and I've got, I've actually put in somebody in in place to to help me with that. But the thing is, I think if they if you engage in comment in the right way, I can see how people would would look at that. But there, I see a lot of comments that they're not meaningful or they don't mean anything. If, if it's a niche market, I think you've really, you, you, I think you're in a better position to to gain followers. Yeah, de- I mean, definitely. And there's so many things that are about what you just said that are awesome. So um, yes, there were so many. So, so, that's a big word. I can't say it this early in the morning. There's so many use, useless comments out there, right? So many comments that are spammy. So many comments that are obviously from, from robots or from automated things. And that's not at all what you want to be. Um, you want to be leaving, you know, useful, helpful, engaging comments if you're going to do it. Um, and yes, you're totally right. In a niche audience, it's way easier to grow your followers at the moment because I think, Oh, I'm going to go off on so many tangents. Hold on, Meg. Hold it all in. You made me excited. Um, the, you know, people want that niche stuff. Like before, you know, I think a lot of problems that we have in the world right now is that it used to be if you had crazy ideas, you were sort of siloed. You didn't have anywhere you could go to have those ideas met or, you know, meet joined with other people. Now you can jump on the internet and find someone that has the weird, crazy idea that you do. And then we can go from there. So yes, so niche, we like niche things. Um, and then also what you were saying about finding your platform is spot on exactly. Where's your audience? Like, I think that there's some people who are banging their heads against the wall going, why don't I have followers on Instagram? And I'm like, mate, you're a plumber and you're showing dirty pipes. Like no one's going to follow that. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Exactly. But then, but then having said that, I saw some, um, I saw some really great stories the other day from an electrician. I don't know whether you saw this recently and the electricians, well, there's nothing much you can do there, but the, the guys that, that work there, they do, um, they sing while they work. Yeah. And so that, that has become a big following for their business of the boys singing every day or dancing yeah. or doing this TikTok stuff, you know. Um, exactly, TikTok. The dentists that have the TikTok accounts that have now had to open up more clinics because they're so popular. So, yes, you, the plumber, can be on Instagram and can make it successful for you. But what is your niche? What are you doing? What are you showing? What are you offering me, a follower, that's interesting enough to make me want to follow you? Not just come and engage with a one-off photo, 
but actually be like, do you know what? Like how cool are plumbers? I want to see content from them on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, it's that's that niche that we talked about. So then it's, you know, it's delivering content that's interesting. Um, you know, maybe that's funny. I think funny content, I think that's why TikTok all, also is working so well right now, is we're all really stressed out and depressed and like, what is going on with the world? So we need fun stuff. Like we yeah. want to laugh. We want to be happy. Yeah, and I think TikTok is doing very well at the moment with all these people in lockdown. They're um, they're finding that I've seen so many families that I know, my own friends, who are engaging in TikTok, and it's um, it's quite it's lighthearted, isn't it? It's terrific. Yeah, I was talking to my brother and sister about it. Um, there is no way that my father would do it. No way. Like he, no, just we we would we wouldn't even ask him to yeah. do that. Like can you yeah. imagine? <laughs> I love it. I love it though. There's so many good ones. My dog, um, I don't have a TikTok because there's absolutely no point for me. I am a middle-aged white woman. There's nothing I do of interest. Like um, TikTok, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But like my my dog, Henry, he has a TikTok and we actually have a lot of fun. Um, as you said, playing with music and finding the right, you know, the right um songs to match the actions. It's that's great. TikTok's fun. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, with Zoom, Zoom has become a really popular platform, especially at the moment, once again, with uh, a lot of people working from home. Um, do you, are there any other uh, platforms or upcoming platforms? It used to be Skype and people are still using Skype, but what's, um, what's becoming more popular at the moment or is there any other new ones coming in that you know of? Well, I, I feel bad for Skype. Because they had the chance, they were the first, they were the ones, you know, and they just have completely not even, I mean, there are people that use it, but not really. You know, Zoom has come out of nowhere. I've had a Zoom account for, for quite a long time. It's what I actually use to deliver all the webinars that we run through Social Media Perth. And so Zoom is something that, to me, was never a social media platform. It was a, it was a video delivery system, I guess. Yeah. In a way. Um, and now with with all of this, you know, it has really come out of nowhere to go back and be able to have the knowledge to put, um, you know, some money in the stock market on Zoom. Would that be good? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it, it's an interesting one. There's, there's, there's one called House Party. Again, House Party has been around for a really long time. Um, you, you know, you might have heard of it. I think um, Hamish Blake was was crashing people's house parties. Yes, um, I have heard know. that. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think one of the conversations I've been having with a lot of my colleagues is not every call needs to be a video call. You know, like we've had FaceTime for a very long time. Yeah, Did we ever yeah. use it? No. no. Yeah. So why all of a sudden do we need to jump up on Zoom calls? Now, I get it. I get that, that we're using it because it is actually awesome that I can see you and that we can, I feel like we have a much better, you know, connection and communication because I can see you um, than if I was just, say, sitting here on my phone or with my headsets, possibly distracted by what was on my screen or my dog. Um, but Zoom, I don't know, it's, I think, I think there's going to be some really interesting case studies about it, about, and then when we come out the other side, do we still use it or is this a flash in the pan thing? Yeah. Um, you know, families having quiz nights that never would have had quiz nights together before. Do they still communicate? Um, yeah. 
There's your mate so Henry there the in the background. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, that, that's that's Henry. He's being very well behaved. I'm very impressed. He's quiet. He's gorgeous. He's gorgeous. But for those who are listening and, and they can't see this, we're talking about the dog. <laughs> oh, yes. Not a child. He, Henry is my 35-kilo Labradoodle who thinks that he is a lap dog even though he is taller than some people. Oh, that's gorgeous. Now... Social media platforms, sometimes like with Instagram, we went from um, Instagram, just images, then we, we had the Insta stories and um, IGTV. Um, can you share with us anything else that you know about with other platforms that may be new or that we may not know about or it's coming, you know, that's on the horizon at the moment? Yeah, there, there's things are always changing. And I think one of the most interesting sort of changes at the moment is what's happening in stories. Um, you'll see that, you know, Twitter has launched uh, fleets, which are their, their version of stories. LinkedIn has stories. Um, Instagram has just completely reworked how stories work um, because once again, they are petrified by someone. So, you know, they, they were worried about Snapchat. So they basically just reverse engineered Snapchat and made their own. Now they're worried about TikTok, so they're adding new features every day. Um, what was I reading this morning? There's some really cool features that are rolling out in the US um, and hopefully globally, um, you know, that, that have to do with buying gift vouchers directly from Instagram. Um, you know, I think someone to really, really follow on all the socials at the moment would be Adam Mazzari and his, um, his handles are just the at sign and then M O S E R R I Mazzari, or maybe only one R M O S S E R I anyways, Google Adam Mazzari and he's the head of Instagram, right? And he is, he's brilliant. So he's, he's talking a lot on his Twitter at the moment about all of the upcoming changes because they are making so many changes right now. Every day there's something new that's coming out. And then on Fridays, he does these sort of like ask me anythings on his Instagram. And you can actually ask him questions. And he'll, he sits there for like an hour and he just talks about what's happening with Instagram and how to use features and why you should use certain features. And this is the head of Instagram that is telling you this. There is no better source. Don't listen to any other expert. This is the man to listen to. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Because there is, there's so, there's so many changes that are happening. Because I think what's happening with the platforms is they didn't, the platforms are looking at, at this opportunity. Social media usage has just skyrocketed as a result of all of us being at home. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. We are, we are absolutely addicted to our phones. Like I have had to turn that screen time notification warning off because I'm hitting it by like two o'clock every day. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so social media usage is just out of absolutely out of control, skyrocketing. So I think what the platforms are realizing is that they need to, um, maybe not need to, but this is an opportunity for them to, to, as they call ship or build and release new programs, new features, get people hooked. You know, I don't think that TikTok would have been as popular this quickly 
if we hadn't had this lockdown. Yes, it is the number one app in the world. Yes, everybody's on it, but not everybody was on it. No. Do you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. So when you ask me what's new and what's happening, by the time that your listeners are listening to this podcast, it's all going to be old news. Yeah. Um, because it's it's changing. So so my advice for for right now, but for always, but especially for right now, is follow Adam Mazzari because he's just he's just brilliant in the information that he's giving out. Um, and that's how you'll find out. He even talks about other platforms because they'll say like, why do you do this and not this? And he he gives his opinion. Um, that's brilliant. He's my number one. Yeah. I'll, number I'll, be, one. I'll be looking him up. No, that sounds great. Now the big question a lot of people always ask or they or there's a lot of controversy over this um is hashtags how many should we be using on platforms like linkedin say versus instagram yeah all right so there is a lovely woman named jen herman and what i'm about to tell you is a hundred percent her strategy but it it works okay so you need to look at this. You need to look at the platforms now. Yes, on Instagram, you can use up to thirty hashtags. Do you need to? Not necessarily, right? What you need to figure out with the hashtags is what are the hashtags that are actually going to be relevant to you. What are the hashtags that are going to be? Um, what, what, why, are, why are you using these hashtags, right? Are you using hashtags to get new followers? Are you using hashtags? It, there, there's a whole bunch. That we, we could talk for a half hour on, on hashtags. Yeah. But basically, to answer your question, how many should we use, right? Well, you've got these big, massive hashtags, right? The hashtags that have, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of photos tagged to them. You only probably want one to two of those hashtags right? Like, sure, you could use hashtag love, the most used hashtag in the world. But why would you? Because it's the most used hashtag in the world. Everyone's using it. If you're using hashtags to get your photos discovered, to get new followers, it's not going to stay on the top of the feed long enough for people to see your photo, right? Right. It'll be gone within seconds. Yeah. So, you don't want to look at these hashtags that have millions and millions of tags. You want to look at the ones that have, you know, a couple hundred thousand, right? And you want like one or two of those, right? right. Okay. Then you're going to look at to your medium tier ones. And these are the hashtags that are under a hundred thousand, right? And you're probably going to pick like three to five of these hashtags that are under a hundred thousand uses, right? And then you're going to go and you're probably going to pick, you know, two to three niche hashtags, right? That are really specific like for you. Well, you, I would use hashtag senior stays for you because that's your brand name, right? Yeah, the brand but then name you would also, yeah, but then you would also go and find some other niche ones like, you know, senior living travel or, you know, gray nomad travel or some, some, some maybe some more specific ones that are in the thousands of hashtags tagged to that. Yeah, like right? baby boomer and like that's what we, we tend to use. Yeah. 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 So you need you need to go and you need to look. And and to the strategy that Jen has, um, and you know, it's something that she's she's shared widely if you've seen her, if you've um, seen her Jen Herman's her name. And it and it really works. It's you know, one to two of these really big ones, um, you know, three to five are sort of these medium, two to three of these niche ones. What's the math on that? That's about ten to twenty. Okay. So right. yes, you can use 30 hashtags on Instagram. Do you need to? 
No. Okay. 10 to 20 is probably pretty good. Okay. So then, say, LinkedIn, what would you suggest there? Because that that there's, I know I've heard different things with that, that there should only be maximum three hashtags. Yeah. I, I say three to five, maximum five. Okay. Um, yeah, completely different. No hashtags on Facebook. Stop putting hashtags on Facebook. They, yeah, they, yeah. no. Twitter, <laughs> one, one hashtag on Twitter. Is that right? Just one for Twitter. There you go. Yeah. I've just learned something new. One for Twitter. <laughs> yeah, well, with Twitter, you know, you don't want to overcomplicate it. Twitter, the way that Twitter is working best at the moment is when the tweets are simple and clear. And when you put too many hashtags in, it complicates it. Have one clear, clean message, and that's what your hashtag should be. So say, like, there's, say, two different um, hashtags, say, like, travel. Um, mm -hmm. So one of my questions was, say, I with hotel lobbies. So I might um, uh, post a, a beautiful picture of a hotel lobby. I would usually use travel, hashtag travel, hashtag hotel lobby, um, and I might use a hotel, um, maybe the hotel brand, for example, yeah. a core yeah. or, you know, IHG or something like along those lines. Um, what's your opinion of that? Is that, what would you do? If that was uh, I'm pulling my phone up really quickly because hashtag travel, right? When I look in Instagram and I search travel and I go under tags, travel has 485 million posts. Yeah. Okay. The chances are, and, and you can't see this because obviously it's a podcast and also video doesn't work. But when I look at this, this feed here with travel, right? The whole point of you using hashtag travel is to end up on this feed here so that when I look, hashtag travel, I see things. Mm, because mm. Like when I was going to Sri Lanka, I had no idea about Sri Lanka, right? Nothing. So I started following hashtag Sri Lanka to try and learn more. The thing is, 485 million posts. The chances of you staying here is really, really, really slim. Sure. So mm. I actually wouldn't be using hashtag travel. I'd be doing something like, and, and you put me on the spot here. And so these are just random Sorry. ones. Like, don't, don't call me. You know, but I, I pull the phone out and I'd look in, you know, I'd, and I'd look at like high end travel or luxury travel or gorgeous travel or hotel travel, hotel, you know, accommodation. What are some of these other ones that aren't so big, but ones that will actually allow me to stay on the top of the feet? Yeah, so once again, niching, then bringing it down to a niche, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because everyone's using travel. Travel's like love, you yeah. know, like obviously it's a travel for, it's a travel pick. So let's not use that one. Let's you definitely use a core. Now, a core is probably going to have, I didn't look a core up, but a core is probably going to have a lot as well. But, you know, it's, it's yeah, finding the ones that, and, and you just pull your phone out, just do a little bit of research and, yeah. Yeah. I could talk about hashtags for hours. <laughs> good advice. Good advice. Now, um, there, there is another question I want to ask in relation to LinkedIn, not not to do with hashtags, but in in relation to linking to another page. So on LinkedIn at the moment, I remember years ago I'd be um, posting articles or a post um, and I would link it to my website or link it to something that I've been watching or, or whatever, you know, be a YouTube um, a YouTube channel or something. And I've been told that, and 
what's happened is is that not as many people are looking at at your article or you're not the article's not being seen if you are linking outside of LinkedIn. Can you explain anything about that? Yes, that's that's an easy one. Um, LinkedIn hates links. Every social media, um, every social media platform hates links because when you put a link post up, when you when you put a link, you are driving someone to an external site, mm-hmm. and when you drive them to an external site, that platform can't make money off them anymore. That platform can't capture data off them anymore. All right. So so Facebook. LinkedIn, they hate it when we paste links in, when we make what you're what you're referring to is called a link post. So mm. it's a post with a link. They hate it. So how do you get around it? Well, there's some people that say by posting, you, you, you make your post and you put a photo up or it's a normal post and then you put the link in the first comment. Eh, can't really see my face on a podcast. I don't love that idea. Um, it, to me, it's, you know, what are, what are we linking to? I think we go back and we look at it. You know, I, I think this is where LinkedIn is driving people to use their article feature, right? So if it's you linking to a blog post that you've written, that's them saying we'd rather that you wrote this as an article, air quotes. Right, yeah, yeah. On our page. Now, if it's you linking to, um, you know, here's a really interesting article about travel post-COVID, you know, that's you sharing your, your knowledge and your authority and things like that. I, I don't really have an answer for you on, on how to get around that other than that you are right. LinkedIn doesn't like it when we paste LinkedIn because it drives people off the platform. So you best really say we're, we're promoting um, the, the podcast, for example. Um, you, would be, you would say that you can listen to this on iTunes but not link to that. So you, you can put that in, that sort of way of... <laughs> Sort of yeah, message it, is, out there, it, is, it is, but then it's annoying for your users because I don't want to have to open up iTunes and find it and like give me the link. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, quick serve, make me, you know, satisfy my need right then. Um, you know, it's, it's LinkedIn being a social media platform going, if you want links to work, you need to use sponsored posts. You need to pay us as advertisements because yeah. we're not going to promote it for free. Well, that's great advice too. A lot of people, there'll be a lot of marketers out there listening to this and um, sales and marketing and it's, um, that's great advice too because it is. It's, it's con- a lot of people have different ideas of, about how that'll work. So it's great for you to clear all this up for us. Um, now, with uh, social media, can you give us a good news story about social media that you have come across? Oh, yeah, I was thinking about this one because I'm, I'm all about the good news at the moment. Um, I, I don't want to use aviation gin again because we've already talked about them. Um, but I think maybe, okay, have you heard of We Rate Dogs? No, I haven't, actually. Okay. No, no. This is the best account you've <laughs> ever heard of in your life they rate dogs like they like how many out of 10 and of course there's never anything under 10 because it's dogs they would never be anything less than 10 they're all good boys and girls right yeah um and they have been doing some they just it's 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 okay so there's there's two accounts there's the we rate dogs and then there is the dog father 
So yes. are they rating the the um the the different dogs that there are or the, the, the actual no, people submit dogs like there'll be one and it'll be like it'll be like um like a black lab swimming right and then the account will go this account is for dogs only not seals please do not submit your photos of seals <laughs> you know or like yeah. and then there's the other one and, they, and they're tied together and it and it's sebastian and this is the one that you know he's like and this is as if a dog could tweet Right, and he's like, I've noticed that the the humans are home a lot lately. I like it because I get cuddles, and you're just like, oh. Oh yeah. So those are my good news at the moment. I think anything with animals, because the whole world is just too crazy at the moment. Oh. So my good news. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, what's um, what's the most exciting social media project that you have been worked on? Yeah, okay, so maybe back in 2012, when we opened the um, the Terrace Hotel, which was a hotel here in Perth, um, and it was one of the first hotels to open in five or six years. It was a boutique hotel. We only had 15 rooms, right? So as part of the launch strategy, and this is what I was saying earlier in the podcast about how I had some, some incredible bosses that allowed me to just kind of run with things. So what we did is we did this thing called the social media sleepover. So as part of the launch strategy, we had 15, 15, 16 different people come and stay with us, right? So we had a food blogger who was going to, you know, review the food. We had a couple who was going to, you know, check the romance of the hotel. We had a fashionista because it was a very fashion forward, you know, very art driven hotel. So we had all these different people. Um, Tourism Australia joined us. Um, I can't even remember all of the people, but it was 16 of us. And we played a real life, or sorry, a real time game of Cluedo. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. So you know, what room did this happen in? What <laughs> suite did that happen in? And we got the whole thing sponsored. You know, it was free wine, and this was like back before influencers were a thing, right? Mm. So we were like, you know, and our lovely wine by Forest Hill, and our you know meat by Tory Butchers, and all of that. And we we played it out online, and then you could guess who. I don't remember, killed or did whatever. And if you guessed correctly, you won a night and a dinner voucher at the hotel once we opened. This campaign was awesome. We won so many awards for this campaign. It was just, it was just fun. And it was at the start of social media. So we really didn't know, like we were trying things and, and we never, you know, we people didn't run polls on social media. It was the first time we learned about trolls and how you can game polls and, and fake, you know, winners. And yeah, social media sleepover, hands down, the, the best campaign, the most fun campaign I've done. How did you get involved in State of Social? What made you sort of start that start that up? That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, can you tell everybody a little bit about it? Yeah, so the state of, I wish you could see my smile at the moment. This is my baby. It's my project. It's something I never thought that I would ever do, um, but something that I absolutely love. So as I said, I have been to every single conference, every conference. And because I live in Perth, that gets expensive. You know, it, you got to travel across the country. You've got the airfare. You've got accommodation. You've got ticket price because I always pay for my tickets. Um, I never asked for freebies, you know, I, I want to have the full experience and, and I support, you know, these people I respect, well, in the beginning I respect what the majority of them do. Um, and I kind of, 
just got really tired of going to these conferences and them being really average. And I went to this one particular one that I, you know, I really wanted to go and I turned down some work opportunities. You know, I turned down earning money to be able to go and spend a fair bit to go to this one. And it was a pitch fest. It was, uh, this is who I am and how amazing I am. Look at me. And I was just like, I'm never doing this again. I'm never coming to this again. So I started State of Social, which is a social media and digital marketing conference. I should have prefaced that. And I said, all right, so I'm going to do this event in Perth because I love Perth. Perth is one of the greatest cities in the world. I'm heavily involved in tourism and I want to show my city off. My city deserves a conference that is epic. And there is nothing in Australia of this caliber. And sure, maybe that says I have an ego. Maybe it's not. Um, you know, but I've taken the best pieces of um, a lot of a lot of different conferences and I have compiled what I now believe is Australia's best social media. I think it's a, one of Australia's best conferences, right? But it is a social media and digital marketing conference. Um, we get international speakers, which will be interesting this year. Hopefully it was meant to be, the conference was meant to be June 23rd and 24th, but we've had to move it to the end of November right? because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that all my all my speakers can, um, all my international speakers can come in. I've actually got one of your previous um, guests on this podcast, Georgia Ricard, is is meant to. Be oh, brilliant! Yeah, 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 terrific. She's terrific. Uh, yeah, I love her. Um, a big cheerleader and, for Perth too, and WA in general. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so you know. The conference started off as this sort of like one-off thing that I was going to do just because Perth deserved it. Mm. And here we are in our third year, and it is my goal to make this conference one of three global conferences. First one being Social Media Marketing World, the biggest and the best in the world. Second being Content Marketing World, the biggest and the best at content. Um, and then State of Social, which is, you know, hopefully on, on a par of those. And and how many people are attending? Because um, it's grown, hasn't it? It's, 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 yeah, it so, it's over five thousand. Or is, is it? No, 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 no. We're not that big yet. We're not that big. So two twenty two the first year, four fifty last year. I had hoped for seven hundred and fifty this year, with everything COVID. I I don't know how many we'll get. Um, Look, you know, I, I've got to reassess everything. You know, all my projections, everything's out the window now. Um, you, you know, part of it is having the international speakers that nobody else can get. Mm. I mean, last year we had Chris Messina, the guy that invented the hashtag. Like, Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. But if I, can't, if I can't have international speakers come, I'm going to completely change how I do things. So I, I, I don't know how many we'll get this year. I can't think about that yet. Oh, well, best of luck with it. I hope it, I hope it all, all turns out right for you. But, I mean, sometimes we need these times to rethink and re-strategize and you never know. You never know what you may come up with. Yeah, and, and that's it. You know, I think uh, on that note, you know, I think it's okay if people do come out of this and they don't have a new skill or they, they you know, they, they've done nothing but watch all of Netflix. I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I know for myself, I was really burnt out and I kind of took the first two weeks of this and I was like, do you know what? I actually like this. Mm -hmm. I, I hate saying that, but I liked the quiet and I liked the calm. And now I'm ready to go out there again. I ha and now I'm ready to rethink and, and redo or, 
you know, like I built an email template last night because I was energized to do it. Um, I think people need to give themselves a break and, and, and work when you feel it. And when you don't feel it, that's okay too, because this is a crazy time. That's oh, like. isn't it? It's like a cycle, really, when you think about it. it we, we start, when this happened, we were in shock. And I think we were, you know, grieving almost for our, our businesses. And, um, and then, then that sort of turned to, as you said, all of a sudden, oh, this isn't actually too bad. It's nice being at home and, and hanging out with, you know, the, the family at home and, and going for walks when you feel like it. And so there's that side. But I'm getting to that stage now where I'm going, all right, enough. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked from home for years, so I, I guess I'm used to that side of it. Yeah. Um, but the house has never been cleaner or more organized. I've also never drank so much tequila. <laughs> you know, it's, it's an interesting time. It is. It is. Just um, uh, with with if you wouldn't mind, if you could give us some advice um, to, to people that are, are maybe working on their, their own personal brand or, or a new business brand, um, social-wise, where would you start um, on what social platforms would you suggest to them to start straight away on? Um, my, my initial response to that was Facebook, but I think actually it might be Instagram. I think it depends where it is you're trying to build this what what is your personal brand are you are you a fashion person well then you should be on instagram are you um dealing in you know an older generation then maybe you should be on facebook are you a b2b you know business to business are you trying to uh, you know then maybe you need to be on linkedin i think it comes back to what, what's your what's your industry? And then you got to go back and we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. Where are your people? Yeah. Okay. And then figure out where your people are, and then that's where you go. Good advice. Now, influencer marketing, social media on social media. Can you sh share your thoughts now? Um, you know, how, do you feel it's changed? Do you do you think there's a future for it? Because we there's been some bad influences out there and there's been some bad stories about influences but then there's been some great new stories on influences you know people that have very small followings but are considered you know micro influences and and more you know that they that they make more of an impact sometimes than than um, these larger influences what's your what's your take on that influencers that's that's another topic i could talk for hours on um look do you, I don't know if you follow John Lethlian on Instagram, the food reviewer from the Australian? Sorry, John? John Lethlian. So he's no. the food reviewer. Um, highly oh. recommend that you follow him. He, okay. um, he loves influencers. He hates them. He hates them so much. Um, look, I think you'd have to be pretty brave to be an influencer asking for a free meal or a free hotel room when we come out the other side of this. Um, I would not look kindly on anyone that asked me for something free when we got to the other side of this. I think we need to all support each other. So I think, yes, it has changed. I think to your point about micro-influencers, to be honest, those are the ones that I work with in, in, in with my clients because they they still want it more. The, in, the influence, air quotes, hasn't gone to their head yet. Um, so they don't think they're too big to do something. They still talk to all of their followers. They're engaged with all of their followers. Um, I love the micro influencers. They're far more powerful and cheaper to work with. 
Um, I think, yeah, I think influencer marketing has definitely has a place and yeah, 100% still has a place, but I think it has changed. And I think we're going to have to, we're going to have to relook at the way that we, we go about it and how we as businesses engage with them and more than ever ensure that we're getting a return on that investment. Good advice. Once again, good advice. Now, just before we wind up, I've got a few travel questions for you, a few fun questions. What's, yep. um, what's been the best destination you've ever visited? All right. So I've been thinking about this one because April is my month, right? April is my birthday month. And so every April for almost my entire life, I have traveled and we go amazing places. Um, and so this month has been really hard because all my travel memories are popping up on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. So I was talking to my best friend about this because she's my travel buddy. And we were like, so where was our favorite place? Like, what was, what was the best? And not because we got ourselves into trouble, but because, like, what, what was the best, right? Um, we went to Sri Lanka last year, and Sri Lanka was incredible. Now, we were there during the bombings. Like, they were literally, the bombings happened while we were landing at the airport. I don't know if we would love Sri Lanka as much had there been as many people. I don't like being around a lot of people. And I was a little bit worried about Sri Lanka because of all the people. Like I could never go to India. I just, mm-hmm. it would do my head in. Sri Lanka is incredible. The, 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 the people are the most nicest, amazing people. The countryside is incredible. The food is highly recommend i just you have people have to go to sri lanka otherwise it's iceland i love iceland it was pretty cool there too right now your most emotional travel experience um that would probably be cuba so i'm really lucky in that i have an australian passport as well as an american passport okay so i call myself tech australian now (laughs) (laughs) americans are not allowed to go to cuba right but Australians are. So my best friend, who is also tech Australian, she and I decided that we were going to go to Cuba for my birthday a few years ago. We both speak Spanish, right? We grew up in Texas. We'll be fine, we said to ourselves. Until we decided to buy some cigars that ended up being black market. I don't know. We ended up inside a Cuban jail on the other side of a wall. On the other side of the wall. Not speaking Spanish, but thinking we did. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that it got pretty emotional, no doubt, being in jail. Oh, it, did. <laughs> it did, because we're just like, what did we do? We don't understand. And then this, like, other guy, and I don't, to this day, we don't know why he was in the prison, but he was like, do you want me to translate for you? And we were like, yes, please, finally, someone. And then we all realized that why we were in jail was for a stupid reason for buying cigars and that we've been trying to be swindled. Oh, yeah. what a great story. It wouldn't have been great at the time. I mean, at the time oh. you would have thought just before that, you would have thought what a great loophole to, to get in there to Cuba. But then to have that happen, what, that's amazing. How long were you in jail for? Um, just an hour. Oh, okay. But at least you can say you've been there. Jessica and I, um, we, we, yeah, we've been in a few predicaments like that. We are dangerous to travel with. 
Now, where are you off to next after oh. we finish lockdown? Okay, Where's so. Where's the first place? Well, Jess and I were talking about this because, yeah, we don't know. Um, we don't know. Like, so maybe Galapagos? I'd love to go to Galapagos Islands or um, I know completely random Moscow. That would be cool. All right. We don't know. We don't know. I, I There's too many options. This is the problem. The world is too big and I'm in love with travel. So yeah. I don't know where to go. How about you? Where are you going? Well, I, I think probably somewhere in Australia to start off with, obviously. I think we're going to, uh, it's hard to know how long it's going to be before we can sort of travel abroad again. But um, I was listening to a podcast actually on my walk yesterday and I've been to Uluru probably three times and I think I want to go back there. I've got this need to go back there again. I am always overwhelmed with the place. Hamilton Island also very well could be on my um, on my next uh, holiday list. I love Hamilton Island. But somewhere where I have not been, I've, I've flown into the airport and I've flown out again, is Perth and Western Australia. So I think I would love to, um, and I've got a lot of uh, clients that um, have accommodation, obviously, um, of all sorts, right throughout uh, WA. So I think that would be my next um, destination. Awesome. Yeah, not gonna lie, WA is awesome. It, it um, looks beautiful. It does, and and it, I'm I'm ashamed actually that I haven't been there yet, and and uh, really enjoyed it. But sometimes people think you know you've got a travel website and you travel everywhere, but you don't. No, <laughs> there's been no, a lot of there's you know often I'm stuck at my desk, but um but you know I might have a lot of interstate flights to Sydney, um and and often in, on the Gold Coast with family. But but no, um, I have to I have to get over to WA. Yeah, look, I it's it's amazing. I lived in Broome when I was a backpacker, and Broome will always have a special place in my heart up in the top northwest. Um, Exmouth is incredible with the whale sharks um, down south in Margaret River. But I have to tell you, there is I've been really lucky. I've lived a lot of places in this world, and there's no better place to live than WA. You know, we have the best beaches 20 minutes from the city. We have, you know, not too many people. We have incredible produce. It's just, you know, and we look at what's happening with COVID. Like, we basically have no cases anymore. You know what I mean? Like, WA is incredible. Um, and I probably, when you asked me where am I traveling, I should have been a good Australian, a good West Australian, and said, in my backyard, of course. Um <laughs> You know, because it is WA, what we have here is just, it's incredible. You know, Australia is an incredible country and Uluru, you're right, is I've, I've only been there once, but breathtaking. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, we do, we need to get out there and explore our own backyard and, and look at this beautiful country that we have. There's so many operators that are going to be struggling yeah. after all this. We, we need to be supporting them. We do, we do. And listen, what's next, what's next on the agenda for Meg Coffee? For the oh. remainder of 220 for work. I wish I knew. Um, look, it, it's it's really we're taking everything that we do online. A lot of you know social media Perth. We do workshops. We do face to face training. That's what I do all day every day as I teach people how to use social media. So taking that all online, figuring out how to do that online that's easy for people. Um, that's you know that's that's inexpensive. 
because people just don't have the funds like they used to. Um, and then hopefully getting to the other side of this as soon as possible and focusing on state of social. Um, we've got to make it a big raging success this year. Well, I wish you all the best, Meg. Um, and thank you so much for joining me on I'll Meet You in the Lobby Lockdown. And uh, you've been marvellous. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to chat today.